because we were so open with how we ran business and, you know, growing up, because we, like you said, we, we don't know what we're doing. You know, we, we kind of, we figure out as we go along, you know, everybody's in parenting and life and business, everything you do, you know, you have your wins and losses. And so, you know, they would see when we would have struggles and I always share with them like profit loss, like, Hey, here's how much we sold this painting for. Here's how much it costs to make, you know? And so we, I would always open up. I was very, very open with finances. I was always open how much we made, where it came from. What's really cool is that they then internalize that in a way where they're like, okay, I know that what we're working on, it's not just, it doesn't just, you know, Hey, Dad, can I have $20? And here it is. It's say, Hey, that came from somewhere. And I see my mom working. I see my dad doing this. I see us doing these things. So like they had a good relationship with understanding that how it would, how it came to be. When it comes to building a business empire online while intentionally cultivating a thriving life at home with kids, well, there is no roadmap. It's not easy. But the great news is we're not alone. We live in a crazy world that is truly unlike any other time in our history. And if you're like me, you've got an impact of your own to make. But you're not willing to sacrifice your relationship with those that you love in order to get it. My name is Stephanie Dove Blake, and this is the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast, where we'll journey together to learn what it means to be a truly powerful parent. Let's go. All right, welcome back to another episode. And I have to tell you that the two people that we are about to hear from on this episode are truly, truly, truly one of uh, the people that made me want to do this podcast more than anything because we were out uh, apparently in Scottsdale, Arizona. They just refreshed my memory uh, and had the most awesome conversation because these two, uh, it's Matt and Jen Vrains, have created an incredible business online, just an absolutely phenomenal, incredible business. And I'm going to let them tell you briefly about that. And what's also incredible is what has happened with their children. They now have, well, okay, hold on. I could be wrong, but I think it's two out of four that are really purely entrepreneurial. One is on a mission or returning soon. And then another one I think is still younger, 17. But the two kids that have launched into this entrepreneurial journey have just blown me away with what they have accomplished. I was having a conversation with both Matt and Jen and one of their sons out on the patio. The conversations we had around how you guys intentionally parented him and what he felt like really made an impact on him um, really blew me away. And it blew me away at how you guys sat together. And I don't mean in physical proximity, but the way that you communicated with each other uh, was just, it was so impressive to me. And I'm like, you know what? That is what I'm shooting for in my life with my kids. That's what I want. And Matt and Jen, both of your hearts towards parenting and towards your kids just blew me away. And so I want to welcome you and say thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast and let everybody kind of know more about you and your awesome family and the business you have. So speaking of which, um, Matt, Jen, would y'all share really quickly, what is Let's Dabble? Like what, what is this incredible business you guys have started? <laughs> so Let's okay. Dabble is uh, basically... It is our adventure into teaching online classes of how a professional artist would create art and how um, we thought at first it was educational only and it turned into be a complete community and a family of like-minded dabblers, we called them. And it was, uh, you know, our background is Jen's a professional artist for about 25 years, uh, top of her game and with a huge client list and, and just a, a huge, you know, commission list. And we just decided that she wanted to start teaching classes as well and give back to, to society, give back to communities. And 
I'm a palette knife artist, so I felt like there was a huge demand for this style of art that's a little looser. There's no mistakes. You can cover it up with a layer. And so it's a really very forgiving medium. And there's really not a lot of classes out there. And when COVID hit, we realized our business was not in our hands. We had no control of our art business because the galleries all shut down. We were in 22 galleries. Every single one of them shut down for a full year. And it just, we're like, oh my gosh, okay. Well, we had been talking about pivoting anyways and going online and having our own business that we could grow however large we wanted. So it was kind of perfect timing in that regard. So we just hunkered down for five weeks straight, did our webinar, and then we went live in the 67 times until one actually hit. Oh my God. And we just formed this online community called Let's Dabble. And we started targeting, first we, we blanketed everyone, but then we decided our favorite people to work with were the women that were 60 plus the se- the senior women they're so beautiful and kind and they weren't trying to just figure out how to sell their paints they wanted to, to leave a legacy for the grandchildren and create art in their spare time mm-hmm. they were retired covid never would affect them ever like they needed something fun to do in their spare time so then we just started really focusing on that group of women and it's built a really strong community oh. yeah they 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 became a family to us. They call her Mama Jen. So Jen's got her own little family of dabblers that uh, look up to her as kind of a a leader and a matriarch too. And in, in a lot of ways, it's it's pretty fun to to see that community grow. And it's it's all based around the, the idea of family. You know, we we treat them like we want to be treated. We treat them with respect and love and kindness. And um, it's just a vibrant, fun for them to community. Be seen. This demographic very commonly is invisible, and they've lost their purpose, and mm. they want to be known for something. So it's given them such an exciting thing, like their thing now. Someone called me an artist yesterday and I I was so happy, you know, so they're artists now and they're creating paintings that people actually want to hang up on their walls, paintings that they can pass down. You know, what's really cool, Stephanie, is that our children, since they were born, uh, they've seen us working. (laughs) They've seen seen our studio. They've seen, uh, you know, they they saw how hard you worked. You know, you were there day in, day out in the studio, just really grinding because a lot of it was, you know, the more hours she worked, the more paint she painted, the more money we got. So it was kind of like, it was really a time versus money thing for Jen and creating original art. Uh, the solution to that is keep raising your prices. We kept doing that. People kept buying. And so basically your galleries and your clients demanded quite a bit of time out of you. But the kids always saw that. They saw they saw mom grinding. They saw me get up in the mornings and get late at nights. Like, so- it's like a Mr. Mom for a lot of people. Oh. And I turned into a coach. So I, I said, hey, I'm going to coach you as well. So I got to spend a lot of time with them, um, teaching them just about, you know, life, teaching about sports, teaching about, uh, you know, winning, losing. I mean, we'll get into that too, like, like how sports and clubs and communities and things like that really affect, I think, how kids grow up and, and kind of learn. But yeah. I think a lot of it was the strong father figure. When yeah. they were, like they had a dad that was such a part of their life all day long, taking them to Costco on errands, taking them on trips so that I could have time in the studio to paint, taking them away from the house for hours and hours. So he, had, he spent so much time with the kids when they were little that I think that really, uh, Give them a foundation, right? I mean, I feel like that's one of the main things that uh, kids miss out on so often is that those formative years that really do shape and mold kind of how they perceive the world and how they experience it. And of course, as we go through the tweens and, you know, late teens and all of that, um, there's a lot of formation that happens there. But when they're young and in that very, very, very moldable time period, their little hearts are getting uh, determining 
who, where do I belong? You know, am I seen? Does someone love me? And so I'm going to jump back just one second because I want y'all to know while yes, let's dabble art is for older people, like predominantly older people, me and my family actually get together and we have painting nights, like painting parties. And we pull Jen up on the television and we have canvases and we do Jen's classes. And I cannot tell you how much fun they are. Jen is like a female Bob Ross and she is so enjoyable and so talented. And despite like what I have done at a painting with a twist where I came out and I didn't necessarily want to hang anything on my walls, I made the most beautiful Aspens with Jen and my family, um, you know, Jen on the TV and I love it. And it's hanging in my living room. And so check out Let's Dabble Art. They are incredible humans, but this is also really quality, amazing content and a new experience and something really, really fun. And it's something you can do with your family, something you can do with your kids from, we had our young kids. We even had a cousin over to do it with us and <laughs> all the way up through my oldest, my, you know, in the twenties. And so I highly recommend checking them out and, and looking at that. And I, and I also want to swing back to you just to cover, make sure we cover, tell us how many kids you have. And then I want you to swing that into your two, not your two entrepreneurial parent kids. Perfect. Okay. So, so we have four, we have four children. We have three boys and a girl. We have a 23 year old Mason, 21 Jaden, 19 Colton. And today is Addison's 17th birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Addison. <laughs> Shout out to Addison. And you know, what's really cute. Seventy this morning, she, she calls me about seven o'clock. She says, Hey dad, can you take it off for my birthday for, to, for breakfast? I was like, I loved that. She's like, I'm like, just, I'm like, just mean you said, just mean you. I'm like, sure. And so I made arrangements to go out to breakfast and we sat there and talked and we just laughed. And I was like, my seventh year wants to hang out with me. I'm like, pinch me, unusual. pinch me right now. <laughs> that is huge. That is huge. You don't hear that very often. And I was like, pinch me now. Yeah, it was great. It was like, we had my breakfast yeah. she, happy. she wanted to go out that. That's awesome. <laughs> Let me ask you this then. Okay. So you have this busy, um, this busy time period in your life. And I know you guys stay busy. You two are successful entrepreneurs and you're doing lots and lots of things. How did you balance that? I know you mentioned sports and activities and things like that, but how did you balance that? Because when we're running businesses, it can be very, very difficult to make sure that we're keeping the main thing, the main thing, right? Because, you know, especially if poo hits the fan, in business and you're rushing around, you're trying to fix things or, you know, you're in a big launch period of time, you know, how do you, how have you, what do you feel like has been the catalyst for you maintaining those relationships and, and kind of keeping your kids' hearts through all of that over the years? That is a great question. So two things come to mind for me. First off, they, you know, I mean, things are up and down. It's, it's cyclical. Everything is, you know, it's, there's wins, there's losses, there's, there's good days, there's bad days. And so they like, something I've really realized is that kids really watch you mm. and they, even if you think they aren't, they really are. And everything you do, the way you react, the way you talk about other people, the way you react, you know, the way you do, talk about money. Yep. The, the way, the way you talk about money in your family, the way you talk about We'll talk about that. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, the way we talk about just wins and losses and, and, and triumphs and failures, uh, just the ups and downs of, of life. You know, I, we'll, we'll talk about coaching a lot, but, but I loved I love sports for kids and, and, you know, you don't have to be have athletic kids in order to have, in, you know, in order to take advantage of like clubs or groups or families of things or teams, because you really do learn how to play with another team. You learn how to play with personalities. You learn how to compete. In some, some cases you learn about failure. You learn how to, you know, how to lose because I tell my kids, you're going to lose more often than not. <laughs> you really are. Cause you, you know, if you're trying to get the champion, there's one champion like March Madness right now, it's going on. I mean, only one team's going to come out of 68 teams going to win it all. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a lot of teams are going to end their season on a loss. And that just happens in life. 
But the most important thing I tell them is you're going pro in life. So learn from this. You don't learn from wins. You learn from yeah. uh, from losses. And mm-hmm. so if you win, you just keep doing the same thing like it always has happened. But when things don't go well, it's your chance to really say, oh, that didn't work. How can we fix that? Okay, and so we did a lot in parenting. If we did like, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, but Matt, how did you learn that? I mean, obviously, entrepreneurialism teaches you that. But was that something that you were taught as you grew up? Or was it something that maybe you learned something else? And because of that, you were like, my kids need to understand how important it is to lose so that they can actually learn. You know, I think it just came from my, from my coaching background, just realizing that, exp, you know, managing the expectations of uh, of high school athletes <laughs> or just future. Because <laughs> everybody thinks their fourth, their, their, their fourth grader when they score three goals is going to be the next, you know, Pele. Or, you know, it's like, you know, it's like we always, you know, always want to see our kids, you know, succeed and, and have these fun things in sports. And I talk about sports a lot because we're a big sports family, but we weren't sports like, like oh, compete at all, at all costs. And if you don't win, uh, you know, that it's over. I was never like that. I, I really took the competitive edge of what can we learn from every game? What can we learn from every, you know, every failure? So I, I did focus a lot on failures. Like I would never make highlight videos for my kids of all their of all their great plays. They hated <laughs> they hated film with me because I would break down like all like like hey here's three missed passes to your to your you know to your big you could have made here's one chance you passed it up you should have taken that shot oh here's three times you should have you know so I, I always kind of showed them how they can improve on their game yeah. instead of just sitting back and like. Hey, we won. And here's three good shots you made. Go, go, go make a highlight reel and share with your friends. Like it was never kind of that. And not to say that I was mean about it, but I just always like, I want to celebrate things they can improve on. But here's the thing, Matt. So here's my question to you. So there's a lot of entrepreneurs that um, maybe they just don't take that time, that extra effort, right? Because there's some people I know who have their kids in sports, but um, they don't necessarily look at it like it's training grounds for life, right? And I know you have this coaching background. And so my my kind of question to you in whenever you're looking at all of that, what was your key motivator in knowing how important the time would be? Because it's one thing to take your kids to sports. Like I will admit freely and openly, like we're not a sports family. And I have one kid who plays football and God bless him. I didn't even know what was happening in the game. Whenever we go to these games, I'm like, is that the right direction? It was that bad. Okay. So, and, and so there's one thing to like, you know, make sure your kid gets to the practices, go to the games and, and, and support them by getting whatever they need. Um, but it's another to like be in it with them. And I know you, again, you said you had that coaching background, but I'm wondering, did you have someone whenever you were growing up that kind of modeled that for you? Like that's a great he, I'll tell you what, he didn't have the dad that was involved with his life. Yeah. He did sports, but his parents didn't come to the game. They didn't encourage it. They didn't want to. No. It was because I had five brothers and sisters or six of us. We grew up in San Francisco. And uh, you know, my, my mom was busy with the kids and busy, you know, babysitting a bunch of other kids. And my dad was an accountant for a, saw his dad. And so I mean, he was always busy. Very, very busy. It's a job and everything. There wasn't a lot of one-on-one time happening. The relationship was not. Strong. He did change it later on in life with, with my two brothers. Oh, wow. So he fixed it with Johnny and Steve. But for me, no, yeah. I mean, he did. I was the oldest son. And so I, I didn't get the benefit of uh, all of that time. And I remember <laughs> well, there's a lot of times where I'm like, I'm like, hey, I want to go to the gym. Or, hey, I want to go work. I want to go play some ball. I want to go throw a ball around. And it just wasn't there um, in that sense. And I saw him as being, you know, not, not just the provider of our family, but he was, I mean, he, the, the guy, the guy worked, he worked so hard. He was just, a, he, was, he was, he was a great guy. And yeah, I know, I know he loved me. And I know that he was doing the sacrifice. He, you know, he was busy paying for his mother's mortgage because his dad passed away. He was busy helping out his, his brother and his sister. So, I mean, he was really strapped for time and energy 
Um, in a lot of ways, he was kind of like, he took care of a lot of people and yeah. you know, had that kind of heart. And so I knew what he was doing was right uh, for that thing. And I actually realized that as a kid, because I, I knew he was very, very busy because everybody needed him. He was involved with the church. So he was involved like, with other people, but I didn't get to see a lot of them. So I remember thinking when we started our business together and we, we you know, I'm an engineer, she's an artist. And when we met in college and as things started That's going, I, I was working, I was working as, a, you know, my, I started my own tech business. She had an artist and it was kind of like funny. Opposite. We're such opposite sides of the brain, but we're, but we're so, you know, aligned in so many other ways. But I just saw an opportunity of, you know, when I worked with her, it opened up moments where I could see them in the mornings before they went to school. I could see them when they got home from school. And so I could actually make my own schedule. So entrepreneuring gave me the the ability to make that schedule consciously to say, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be there when, when, you know, when they get home from school and we're going to go, we're going to spend two hours doing whatever. We're going to work on their projects. We're going to, and, you know, just, just kind of like being there to consciously make that effort to be a part of their life. At those moments where I never saw my, my dad was gone at four in the morning, got home at 10 during tax season. Like I never saw the guy. And so it's like, you know, I was, I, I was asleep when he was home and, and uh, so consciously, you know, what? I haven't thought about it before, but that together, but you wanted to change that, but I really wanted to be there for moments that I wish I could add that. Yeah. And he was an entrepreneur, you know I mean? I mean, he was, he, he owned his own, his own, uh, you know, accounting practice for a big VC and he did a lot of work down in the Silicon Valley. He was pretty man of the job, like eight to five, but then after hours, like but right. well, accounting, he was not, not an entrepreneur. My grandpa was an inventor and a, and, yeah. a, and a big time entrepreneur. He kind of, but, but he wasn't afraid to start. I mean, he bought into a practice and he, he bought no partnership and he like, I mean, yeah. he did things that. But he liked safety for sure. Oh, he did. I mean, accounting yeah. is the most boring thing in the world. So yeah. <laughs> I have uh, to agree. It's difficult. Your grandpa. Yeah. I was like my, I was like my grandpa a lot, mm-hmm. inventing things and yeah. just, but yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's interesting stuff. And I'm glad you made me think about that. Uh. So let me ask you this. So I love that because I feel like a lot of what I do in my parenting it, and I'm, and that's why I have this podcast because I, I want to see the correlations between what we experienced as kids and how we were raised and how we were parented and how does that affect how we're currently parenting? Obviously there's going to be things that we experienced and we're like, Hey, I just, I'm not going to do it that way. It's going to be different. And there's things that maybe we saw and we want to be able to model in our own lives as a parent. Like, oh my gosh, my mother was phenomenal at this. I want to make sure that that gets passed down to my kids. Or maybe it's it was an external person. You saw them parenting from afar and was like, that's the kind of parent I want to be. And so in the midst of this, I, I love hearing the story that you know, you felt a lack of that connection. And and what's so cool is you seem to have done work and now uh, further along in your life, you can see why those sacrifices were made. But I'm sure even though, I mean, a sacrifice is a sacrifice is a sacrifice. You sacrifice something just by the nature of the word. So at that time, what was sacrificed in order for him to be able to provide and do all these other things was um, all that quality time with you. And so in your relationship with your children, you're saying, hey, what, that's not even it's not up on the table for sacrifice, right? And you you made that decision. And I'm 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 curious. Whenever I sat with you guys out on the porch, and Mason was there, uh, he just spoke so highly of both of you. And um, it was a really beautiful thing how he spoke about y'all's relationship. And I think there was something that um, what was it about physical touch? I think it was um, Mason said something in about hugs and about. Touch. Can y'all refresh my memory? Do you remember? Yeah, no, that's the first time I actually heard that uh, you know, voiced from any of my kids in them. In the, yeah, he said he he did love how how we um, now before the school they always gave me a hug and kiss. 
Yeah. <laughs> Even them around the door, the friend, like, hey, they're like, okay, fine. You know, and I usually, but you know, when they got older, it was like, you know, half ear, half, you know, but it, but it was just like you know, the motion of a hug and then, you know, just like a, you know, it's almost like that, that imprint, like, hey, man, you know, I love you. See ya. Love you. Love you all the time. Like, in yeah. my, my family, they weren't quite, so the brains is, they were like that very warm, affectionate. I mean, when, I first, uh-huh, <laughs> when I first met them, it was, every time we'd do like a Sunday dinner together, it was like full on, like everyone coming out to the driveway to give us the farewell and hugs. I'm like, wow, what is happening? And my family was affectionate, but not that same caliber. Like it was always like, love you and hugs and kisses. And ours was always a, a little bit more reserved, I guess, uh-huh. growing up. So I think yeah. that is kind of a brain's family. And I love that. And our kids. Yeah. Well, it seemed to have impacted uh, Mason. I mean, I, I can't even remember the details of how it came up, but he mentioned, you know, hugs and the the just the physical touch being there with the action and the words of affirmation. And I and I think that's such a a powerful combination, uh, especially in parenting. As we get going, sometimes we get stuck in our own love language, right? Like our own love language that comes naturally for us, and then sometimes our kids are just not feeling the love because we're over here hugging on them, squeezing. But what they really want is to hear your soul, like words of affirmation. Do you see me? Right. Or maybe they're an acts of service kid and, or a gift gifts. And they just want you to, you know, show your love in, in that way. And, and I feel like it's a, a beautiful thing whenever you can have the culmination of several different, you know, love languages for kids. And it seems like they just blossom and they, they flourish. So Jen, talk to me about what you experienced whenever, you know, you're building this business, you are a famous artist and I just, y'all, you have to see her work. It's beautiful. I mean, just stunningly beautiful. Um, you know, and you're commissioned from all over the, all over the place and you, you're having all this stuff going, you're working yourself with, you know, I can only imagine, you know, you're, you're physically painting like shoulders, arms, fully engaged here with palette knives and paint everywhere. Give birth um, and then be in the studio the next day, holding the baby in the sling. I'm like, what is happening here? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. She worked so hard. I mean, it was crazy. So what were some of the things that you did? Uh, so Matt's over there doing his thing, uh, you know, a lot of it through sports and doing things. What was it like for you? And what were the ways that you found to connect with your kids during that time? Yeah, that, I mean, that is a great question. Um, I feel like I was really close to the kids. I know Matt, he could always handle them a little bit better than myself. Like he could take all four shopping. Like I said, Costco, I could never do that. They wouldn't <laughs> listen to me. I think he had that coach voice. Yes. They would obey. They were they were all over the place. We'll talk about that in a minute, actually, because I, I Addie, Addie gave me an idea this morning. Why? Because I was talking to her, you know, at breakfast and she gave me a really cool insight on that. So I'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah, no, it's very interesting. Love it. I'll talk about it in a minute. So, but I would, and they saw me always working in the studio all night long, a lot of times and shipping paintings out the next morning. And, but I would do little things like we would have like a, a mother-son date would go bowling or, you know, little things like that. But I. I do feel like they, they got so much love. from. Can I tell you what we did often? We would always talk about mom. Oh, they would like, if you were art shows or if you were busy and it was like, Hey, you know, we are doing this because your mom's working so hard. Like I really, I, I, Addie told me this, um, just the last month we were talking about whatever. And she said how we would always envision what you were doing while we were doing our stuff. Um, and, and, you know, and you know that I always, I told him, I was like, they need to know how to respect their mother. Mm. <laughs> because it's really important to me that my kids because I did feel like I was gone a lot I was yeah three month long art shows trying to fly home back and forth but he he really held it down and he would he would like remind me 
to do things like, hey, you should call someone, you should call Colton right now. He's having a hard time. So I called, yeah. you know, so Matt kind of, I think you instigated a lot of that, but you could have easily had everyone ignore me as the mom and just like yeah. taking over. But I think he, he was always so complimentary of what I was working on and brought everybody into like the world that we were. I would tell him and say, Hey, look at, look around you. We're, we're at a sports tournament. We're playing this game. I said, you know, we're here because your mom is working so hard for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we would do that quite a bit. Cause I want them to know, you know, where, where it came from and that. And we'll talk about money in a minute, like, you know, how we shared like what we did in our business with our kids. Cause they, you know, they were part of, you know, they felt like they were part of the team. They're part of our family, you know, team, as far as everything we did together, Gosh. make them a part of it all. So that's um, so yeah. powerful. From leaving all the time. Then they, they respected you. Yeah. Because they have a huge respect for you. And sitting outside in, in Scottsdale, that was the first time I'd heard Mason say, Mom, we learned how to work hard from you. And I was like, oh, such true. a beautiful <laughs> moment. I was just so in awe of that. And, and the fact that you guys have navigated that. And, and this is something just for anybody who's listening right now. Um, and maybe you feel like you're working you know, crazy, crazy hours because of whatever you've got going on in your business or, um, you know, something feels like you feel maybe a little more disconnected from your kids. And I don't know, maybe you have a mat in your marriage or maybe you don't, maybe you're single parenting it right now. But the truth is that I've found over the years is that children are incredibly resilient, resilient. And if you make efforts to capture their heart and to be there and to be present with them, sometimes all it can take, if, if all you've got is you know, one seriously, really intense, like you're going to be there, you show up 1000% and it is a evening once a month. I, you know, some people have those circumstances. And if that's it, as long as you're truly, truly there, you're really, really there, you're making an effort, you're picking up the phone, you're calling to get that quality of time, because sometimes you won't have the quantity of time. But if you can have that quality of time, uh, it's so powerful, so, so powerful. And then here in this dynamic with Matt and Jen, we've got an incredibly supportive spouse that's in it to win it on both sides, right? Working the, the business side, supporting her there, and also supporting on the family side. And you can see how powerful that is. And so I think it's so important to be on the same team. And and Matt, I just want to shout you out, um, obviously, for a couple of reasons, but just having the emotional intelligence to be able to process through, okay, my wife is doing this, I'm going to support her. And this is how we're going to support her as a family. And what story is my child forming in their mind about the fact that mama is working so hard? Because you could have done things a lot differently and the story could have been completely different, right? But you didn't. You you chose to help your children understand the narrative as you understood it, which is that mama's working so hard and we can do these things because mama's working so hard and here we are. And I just feel like that is so, so, so powerful. So shout out to you, Matt. I tend to be like a workaholic and I could just get lost in whatever I'm doing and not even think about yeah, <laughs> you can have it outside. So he would make sure I got all my plane tickets to fly home for the games, like back yeah. and forth, like just so that I could stay a part of it. Cause I do have a tendency just to be so focused. Yeah. But Jen, what was it in you that when he said, Hey, there's going to be a game coming up, you prior, I mean, as some, you had to choose to come home for those games. Yeah. You could have been like, that's a little too crazy. Like I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I got through with this painting and I talked to about a hundred people today at this art show and da, 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 And I'm just, I'm too exhausted to fly home. You could have said that, but instead you made the time to go. Like, what was yeah. that like for you? I just didn't want to, I, I was already missing a lot of things and I, I didn't want to miss any of the big things. Yeah. And I knew it was so short. Like I could feel the time just slipping 
pasta so fast. So fast. I did not want to miss out on any anything if I could be there. And it, it was expensive. I remember a lot when I mean, we were like struggling, it was a lot of money, but worth, it, worth, it, I, it I felt like it was worth it. I felt like it was worth the time to make sure you're there. Our kids to say what Matt's what he felt like. I, I didn't want our kids so to they weren't there for you. be like, yeah, mom didn't come to any of Mom wasn't there for me. Yeah. yeah. So and I appreciate you even pulling that out of me stuff. I didn't really think about that till talking on this. And our moment with us right now is it, I mean, yeah, that's uh I made sure they knew that you were part of their life and that you were the reason why they got to do what they're doing. And you know something cool, Stephanie, we got to do every night we would um we'd have family prayer and I would FaceTime her and call her no matter where she was. And so it made sure always like when the kids last touch point before bed, we called mom, we had prayer. And so it was always kind of fun, like to make sure that she was a part. That, but you had them text me personally, good night, each child. You remember? <laughs> I would get like, love you, mom. You know, thanks for working. So, hey, check mom. Did you check mom all, yet? Yeah. You make them all text me. Well, hey, tell you, tell you night. That's um, that's so powerful. You were really a conduit and a facilitator of um, filling in the gaps. I'm sure, as you know, as a good married couple should should do together, right? Hey, powerful parents, Stephanie here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Did you know that statistics show that 88% of Americans say they eat dinner with their family every night or a few times a week? I think that's a pretty awesome stat. But if you're anything like me and you're an entrepreneur, then after a day filled of putting out fires and maybe various events testing your patience, sometimes it's hard to think of questions that can help you really connect with your kids beyond the standard, how was your day? When my kids were just littles, I put together a list of questions to solve this problem and to help us have something to connect with over dinner time. And now I would love to share my curated dinner questions with you. This is good for littles and for bigs. There's lots of different varying questions in there. And these questions are going to help to ensure that the conversation is not just lively, but will bring you closer to your children while you enjoy a delicious meal together. As a listener of this podcast, you can get access to these questions at www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Once you're there, make sure to type in your best email and I'll have my team shoot over the questions for you. Once you get the questions, I encourage you to make this a family affair. Print them out. Have your kids help you cut them out. We even grabbed a mason jar, and my kids decorated it, and that's where we put all of our questions, and that same mason jar still sits on or near our dinner table to this day. We've been using these questions for close to eight years now, and I've really enjoyed the fun conversation and connection that's come from them. I hope your family enjoys them as much as mine have. Again, that's www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Now back to the show. Talk to me about, I know we're going to talk about the coaching voice and we're going to talk about the, the money and like how you talk to your kids about that. But I, I want to make sure that we talk about, you know, cause you have, your kids are all older now, right? Like that you've got 17, what, 19, 20, 19, 21, 23. Yeah. Every two years. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you were in the thick of it. Definitely. Especially whenever they were little, it was like every two years. Yeah. And so now that they're older, can you tell us uh, just for everybody listening a little bit about what's going on with your two entrepreneurs and, and what they've been doing in <laughs> two separate businesses? They're blowing us away. <laughs> we're just trying to keep up with them. I don't know. You know, what's cool is it, is it because we were so open with how we ran business and, you know, growing up because we, like you said, we, we don't, we don't, we don't know what we're doing. You know, we, we kind of, we figure out as we go along, you know, everybody's, and parenting and life and business, everything you do, you know, you have your wins and losses. And so, you know, they would see when we would have struggles and I always share with them like profit loss, like, Hey, here's how much we sold this painting for. Here's how much it costs to make. 
Mm-hmm. Here's how much it, you know. And so we, I would always open up. I was yeah. very, very open with finances. I was always open how much we made, where it came from. How much we need this What's month. really cool is that they then internalize that in a way where they're like, okay, I know that what we're working on is not just doesn't just you know, hey, Dad, can I have twenty dollars? And here it is. It's say, hey, that came from somewhere. And I see my mom working. I see my dad doing this. I see us doing these things. So like they had a good relationship with understanding that it, you know, where, you know, you know, how it would, how it came to be. And so as they grew up, they realized, oh, money isn't just like a zero something, but money can be made, money can be created. We always said, hey, at the end of the month, hey, we gotta sell some paintings, we got some bills going. And like I remember they, like the kids would be like, oh mommy, sell paintings. We need some It was so cute. The other day the they were talking to Jade and he was like, like, I remember like. I'm always not painting. So you know, it's just the cutest, like, you know, part of our struggles, a part of our wins, you know, and they get to see. They, yeah. They, they had a place to belong. They were a part of the team. They knew that and they so were a part of the brain family. Yeah. And they're very curious. So how much did the painting sell for? Like, they, like they how much did you guys make on that? Them. How much, you, you know? And so it's so like, we were very open with that. So Mason, uh, our 23 year old, he, when he was in, in high school, um, he just had the entrepreneurial bug as well. And he saw what we did and he kind of, you know, he did his little, uh, he had many, many little businesses that he started and ran, you know, he had a little clothing line for his friends at school. They all wore his clothes. He had little, so he always, he saw what we did and he's like, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll do that and how I want to do it. Um, he had little coaching programs for his friends in sports. He would go out there and train them. He would do, you know, he, and he learned funnels. He learned, he actually introduced, so everything we've done in our business, yeah, online marketing wise, he's introduced us. It's like, Hey dad, this wow. guy named Russell, he's doing this thing. Can you check it out? We, we watch it together and like, Hey, let's get it. We buy it. I'm like, if I buy this. If you use it and do it, then, you know, th- then we'll, we'll keep doing this. If not, if I buy, if I buy this program, you don't use it then. So it started when he was in fifth grade, sixth grade, there was a guy named Taylor Allen, who was a very good uh, basketball trainer up in Canada. And Mason kind of just, you know, saw one of his, it was a total funnel. It was a total webinar, uh, liked it, bought the $7 course or 17, but then he went outside and every single day he worked and dribbled and did this stuff. And he, he and he, he made himself into a basketball player. He we made himself... Lost. And we'd have to find him a church gym just so he, so he could do, do his ball gym and his stuff. So he was very dedicated. And so I knew that he had that drive like Jen because Jen is the generator with a J. And that is what Jen is. Jen's a generator. And the boys had that same you know power. And that rubbed off on Jade and Colton and Addy as well. But so I knew he had the kind of, like, he had that kind of drive. But what it was, I didn't say, no, 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 you're not going to do that. I embraced when he had the idea. Like, they, we, talked, idea. we talked with Mason and, and the other day and he was like, he's like, you know, every idea I ever had, you're like, let's try it. And, you know, yeah. it, it says, and I always tell him, it's like, hey, it's probably going to fail, but you know, 10 things fail, one thing works, you know, throw it all against the wall, see what sticks. That's kind of how uh, that's, that's my mentality in a lot of ways. So, hey, it's probably not going to work, but it might work, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking that, but I wouldn't, you know, tell him that, but I'm like, um, a lot of things he tried and didn't work, but I always give him a safe place to, to come back to. Like, hey, that didn't work. What did we learn? And so it's always a lot like, like, what did we learn <laughs> from that? So Mason started a business. He he went to BYU and he's and he met the he met a guy named Bridger. His paid him. He the, was wearing a funnel hacking shirt. <laughs> Walked into this entrepreneuring class. Bridger, who became his business partner, uh, was the, the TA, and he saw Mason's shirt and he's like, Mason, do you know what do you know about funnels? And he's like, Well, I could I could build them. He's like, Really? Stay after class. Let's talk. Because Bridger had been looking for someone to build funnels, and he was already getting into that world. And so they did like an they did like a an oil like, yeah they did like, an, like oil essential oils program. They did like jeep covers. They tried ecom. They tried so they did all these things together, and then they realized like wait, Bridger's really good at building funds, and Mason's a great marketer. They started uh, Fun Secrets, and now they are. I mean, they're Fun Launch Live is their big thing coming up, but they're they're the they have a niche market that. Um, is 
has blown up and yes. they teach you how to build funds and, and how to create. So he said lots of people that I was talking to people that know him and they're like, Oh, we just Googled this and it popped up. We saw Mason's thing. We saw Bridger's video. We saw that. And so he just kind of took what he learned and what he saw and what his grind. But I tell you, the kid, and he does all the marketing, the kid grinds, the kid is, a, is just a hard, hard worker. And um, well, he had to help. If, if we can define like, what, what does it mean that it blew up? Because I just want people to understand what has happened because whenever we say it blew up, they can be like, Oh, that's so cool. Like maybe he's got like, you know, made like 50 K or something like that. But like, <laughs> So no. their first webinar, yeah. So, so, they, so they they followed like followed everything. The perfect webinar to the team. I mean, I mean, I mean, come back to us. He literally said, "Hey, Dad, try this thing. Try this book. Try this thing by try this." And so we tried so many things that he would suggest to us because he wanted to have it, and he would learn it. Like, oh, I'm gonna do Ty Lopez six, seven steps or whatever. And he listened to six, seven things like forty times. Like he would have it on repeat when he'd be playing basketball. He'd learn, 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 learn. So I mean, the guy was like, you know consuming. So. Blow up. Um, their first webinar, they did a hundred. Stephen Larson, he attributes a lot. Yes. To that. He joined Stephen Larson's group. And then that's when he really built out uh, fun launch secrets. Yeah. Because he did the offer that all the offer things that uh, Steve Larson taught him. Um, he was in, in their, his first mastermind he was with us for that summer and all summer long, he was building it out on his laptop. Like he was so focused. We tried to talk to him. He was like, what mom? <laughs> he was like, so focused. On the thing. Um, but then, yeah. So they just, they have amazing people. Like some of their people in their their group have billion dollar funds. Like they're changing the changing the world in so many ways. Yes, incredible the power of funds. And so he does. They do live things in Vegas. We went to one last year, and we were the next away. one's in Miami. Yeah, I mean, fifteen hundred people there, and they're just they're all there to learn about it. Like, people. And then the next one's twenty five hundred. They've already got it going in Miami in May. And we're going to be there. It's going to be incredible. This is ten x. Group. category yeah category yeah so they hit the first million in the, in like i think it was i think it was eight months and then they hit their 10 million the next year yeah. so like like they really just and it's just him and him and bridger and then they built their team out yeah. a lot of people on, on their team now because they grow and they have coaches they have <laughs> like 21 22 <laughs> wow i know it's crazy it's pretty it's pretty cool to watch them uh do that yeah. so that's so, amazing that's incredible and then you've got colton Right. So, yeah. So, so, so Jaden worked with him a little bit. So Jay's on a two-year mission and he gets back in July and, and like they're fighting to see who gets Jaden because they want him. Like you <laughs> used to see him, like they are like trying to make the sweetest deals. Like Jay's running it up. Like we get to talk to him every Saturday morning on, you know, on FaceTime and his brother's always trying to like, they're, they're, they're trying to, you know, sweeten the deal because they want him to work for him. Cause Jay's uh Jay's super sharp and super, uh, like he's just, he, he's a go-getter. So they want Jay, but Colton, the so Colton, uh, um, you know, that's, you know, same thing I got to see him last, uh, last June at Unlock the Secrets. Um, he just started, uh, you know, he was just selling, hawking things. Just being 16, sitting on the couch, he's like, what can I do? I, I want to sell something online. And Because <laughs> he saw Mason do something, he's like, they want to be left behind. He's like. <laughs> and, sell something. and so he, he started his own little thing called Pet Toys. Like that was his very first thing. He was ordering things from Alibaba had horrible customer service because at the time, right. People weren't getting their pet toy, but I mean, he, he like built out. So he, he bought him so many online courses and he watched them all yeah. and then he tried them all and it just, you know, it didn't work for him. So, um, he was kind of, I mean, so Cole's kind of, he's, he's got that mentality of like, he, he doesn't want to like, like the kids don't waste money. Like our, our kids are, their, their ideas 
they don't just like, like, cause like, again, I said, they have a good relationship with it. They understand that it's a lot of work to get it. And so they're generous, but they're not like they, there's, you know, they're not just going to sit back living. and expect things to be given to them. Yeah. Um, Colton be like, he'd go to little, little Caesars for lunch and get a, get a pizza, eat one slice and then go sell the other slices to his friends and make money on lunch. Um, like that's Colton's mentality. Colton will buy something, eat part of it, sell the rest for the same profit. Cause you don't want to wait in line. Like wow. his mind's like, he's kind of wired like that a little bit. And, uh, and he's, he says this because he always saw you. He the whole homework ring where he was getting paid <laughs> to do homework. Not, not, not homework. No, you get study guides and get things going. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it's a gray area. We're not sure, but. <laughs> it, was great. it was more study guides and like, hey, you, you know, like like online tutoring. He would get like people that already knew what they're doing. to You make it sound like you're like, like turning Bill Simons. No, it yeah, wasn't no, like that. No, no. no. It's. Right. It was a little gray. I am even not. But Colton yeah. operates in that way. So That's he started phenomenal. He took all Mason's shoes. Uh, Mason had a bunch of shoes went to college and turned around and sold them all. He started getting his shoes big. Colton started selling. So his business now is reselling secrets for sneakers. So wow. he's a secret and he and how he he learned how to resell shoes and was making a few thousand a month just as a little high school student. We kept getting these shipments of shoes on our doorstep. We're like, what is happening? Tons like, of boxes every day. every day. So many. And then he would ship them out and make a profit. So we learned how to do that. And then he turned around and formed a group that pay him $50 each per month. And he has a few thousand people in his group and he teaches them how to do that. So now he doesn't always sell. He just showed and yeah. he's live in his group. He has a whole, he bought a house. The summer, so his basement that he turned into his own little. Um, he goes to the Provo Mastermind, yeah. his, his Provo think tank. <laughs> and he's 19 years old. He, yeah, he just turned 19 last week. Yeah. 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 Turned 19 last week and he bought his house. So, what, one thing I'm hearing here in, in your parenting style and kind of what you've done, these guys knew that if they had an idea, you were open for it. Right. And oh, yeah. I, I feel like a lot, especially maybe, maybe I could be wrong. If you're listening, don't feel judged here, I hope. Um, but I know myself, I'm like a little bit of a control freak or I can be, I'm like, Oh, well, I don't, you know, I don't know if I want you ordering that because then you're going to have to do this. And then I'll need to check into this over here. And then what about this? And and all this stuff. And it's like, ah, you know, like I got too much to worry about, but it sounds like to me, you were almost like ready and welcoming for, for losses. Like let's, you, you can't have a loss to learn from unless you actually try to do something. And so in a sense, I mean, the things that you've mentioned off that your kids have done, that they tried all these different things, like selling, like Mason selling his own clothing line at school. That had to start somewhere. I mean, I know they, maybe they worked in the yard and earned some money, or maybe you fronted that at the beginning for them to start it. I'm not for sure, but like, they you always, have to have, no, they always, they always, so we had a they would sell oh, we had a hard lesson. And this was not a, a great example of our parenting style with Mason, our oldest, because we came from households where hard work, like, you need to go get a job when you turn 16 and, and, you know, prove yourself like that. Kind of. So when he turned 16, we wanted him to go work construction. Like let's make sure summer, it's a summer, go get a job, learn, how, learn hard work. And so he did, he, I mean, because we, there's some fighting fights that happened with that. Like there's some contention. There was yeah. contention because he didn't hit me. He's like, Hey, I'm building my businesses. I'm doing this. I spend my time learning. And, you know, I'm very, very, very active out in the back. He worked out. I'm not kidding you. Two and a half hours to three hours a day yeah. outside the backyard or in the gym. And when we, I don't exaggerate that. Cause we go to, we go like, we go to like these big events and they're like, who here works out every day? And he's like, no, you don't put your hand down. Nobody does. He's like, no, I really do. And they're like, no, you don't. And I'm like, he actually does. Like he very, very dedicated. So I thought like, well, in order to be successful, you have to learn hard work. You have to learn. And so I remember we had this one time. Yeah. We, we had to go out there and he got the worst sunburn. He did. It was so bad. 
it was it peeled off his skin. The sunburn. He had, he had a basketball tournament the next day, and it was he was on the court, and it, and it fell off. I thought it was a band aid. It was a skin from his shoulder. Oh, oh, I was like, worst. and I remember going like, and I talked to my brother. My my my, my brother's really cool. He, he's like he's like you know, dad made me do that uh, right before I went to college, and he was trying like you had to go. He made him work at like a, a, at a hotel doing something as a concierge or something. And my and my brother just he's like, look, I just want. He's like he's like I'm a 4.0 student. I got a full ride scholarship to school. I want to spend my last month with my friends and have fun before college starts. And my dad's like, you have to get a job. You have to work. And he just resented him really mm-hmm. bad, like forcing him. He's like, you're going to stay in my house for a month. You have to pay rent then if you're not going to work. And like, you know, kind of made it all about that hard work, hard work, hard work, hard work. And my brother called me. He's like, he's like, he's like Matt, he's like, don't do that with Mason. He said, Mason knows how to work. He said, if you're worried, he's not going to know how to work. Don't because he knows how to work. Let yeah. him work in his own way. Let him do. Because a lot of us, we have, you know, these kind of compared to like our upbringings, like it's an easier life for our kids. We look around, like they hardly do any chores. like compared to what we had to do, you know, weed the garden all every. And so we're afraid. We have this fear that we're raising little pansy kids. Yes. How to work hard. I think a lot of us feel that way. Life is pretty easy. Uh, for Com- compared, compared to what, you know, life could be like. I mean, I mean, our ki- kids have it very good and they don't realize it. So, um, I, yeah. So I, I want to make sure we talk touch on this topic because the whole idea of respect I, I mean, it, I mean, I know it's, I, I would love to get on. Uh, can we, can we go to that topic of respect oh, versus yes, force? Okay. This is what Addie told me this morning. So we were in, she goes, she goes, I told her we're going to be on this podcast. She says, Oh, that's awesome. She goes, she goes, you need to tell her, it's just her, Addie, that you guys didn't force us to do things, but you guys respected us and expected us to do things. And I was like, interesting. Cause Mason told me that same thing when we were sitting outside, we got to the whole thing about hugging all that. And, he, and he, one of the things he said, he said, dad, you always gave us expectations. Mm-hmm. Like I expect you, if you want to be able to go to the gym every day and work out, then I need you to make sure you're doing your chores. You make sure your schoolwork's done. Make sure you have things done so you're going to be able to do that. If you want to be able to have your car, you know, that if you want to be able to, you know, take, you know, if you want to have the privileges of being able to go where you want to do and do what you want to do, I expect you to follow the rules, obey the commandments, you know, um, you know, not be, you know, I, we just said, we said, we said rules. They weren't, restrictions, but more protections. So the kids kind of grew up with this mentality. And I always kind of talked about that where, where I'm giving these rules, not so you can't do things. It's to protect you from what happens from my experience. Yeah. And so, and, and I would tell them all the time, about, you know, I was parables or stories or I try to explain to them about that, but I help them understand that the rules weren't there to, to prevent them. Cause, cause Addie said, she's like, my friends are sneaky. She says, and I could sneak around too, but you guys don't, not that we don't have rules in place, but we, she says, you respect me. And when we do things, it's like, I don't, I don't always make the right, the best choices, but I at least have a place to learn. And it was very, very mature conversation. She talked about how policemen, how a policeman, you know, if a police is respected instead of feared, then people listen to them or rebel against them. And she kind of like, yes. she kind of talked about, she's like, you know, a lot of police stuff, you know, it's probably a topic at school she's talking about right now. Um, but she said that was all about respect about uh, if I respect her decision to make, you know, to make a, a decision, I respect that. I know she's not going to be perfect at it, but it was never a force issue. It was more expectation. Mm. And it was very, very good. I love, I love that you steered us back this direction because I have a saying that, you know, rules without relationship will equal rebellion. And how do you That's get respect? True. How do you get mutual respect? You get it through relationship and connection, right? And so you seeing your kids and, um, laying it out in a way that they understood that it, the rules were there for a reason. Um, and, and there's a why, but there's also, it's because I love you. And and there's this greater wisdom at play. And you showed up in their life in a way that they could trust that truth. 
right? Because if you hadn't shown up in a consistent way, both of you, then they they wouldn't know that that your word meant something, right? So they had to have confidence in what you had to say to them, which is so, so powerful. I was having a conversation with my daughter a couple of years back and we were talking about, you know, rules and we were talking about God's word and we were talking about how, how do we love people and, and all these different things. And I was talking about borders and fences and how, you know, there's all these borders and everybody focuses so much on the fences. You can't go past the fence. You can't go past the border. This is the line. Don't cross the line. But in reality, a lot of people think, well, ooh, what's on the other side? What's on the other side of the fence? Ooh, why don't you want me to go over there? But in reality, if the conversation was more so about why, if you go on the other side of the fence, little do you know, there's a pack of wolves. You know, if you go on the other side of the fence, little do you know, there's no water out there. Your soul will get parched, you know, um, and, and start having those conversations around the whys and the heart behind it, right? The reason why the father heart, the mother heart of like, I just want to see you be successful. I want to see you know that you belong here and that you're healthy and that you know that you're loved and, and all that comes from relationship, which you two both have um, done such a wonderful job at creating and and maintaining over all these years your your children are practically grown one more year and you will have all adults no more you know we like them i like hanging out with them i, li- I like them <laughs> that's beautiful they're fun adults they're fun <laughs> yes and and so i love that so much but how did you navigate uh something i know that a lot of listeners for powerful parenting will be curious about is because screens are everywhere screens. right Screens are everywhere. They're everywhere in our lives. Some of us are addicted. A lot of times when I talk to people about um, powerful parenting and about screens, they're like, yeah, 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 for my kids. But uh, what about for me? You know, so we, we've got all of this stuff happening with screens, whether it be social media, whether it be video games, whether it be an addiction to sports or movies or whatever it is, and just screen, screen, screens. How mm-hmm. did you guys handle that in your home? What did that look like for you? It's pretty interesting. So I, when they were young, I, a lot of the friends would, would, would have game systems and, you know, Xboxes and Playstations. And, and I made sure, like we talked about it actually consciously and said, instead of like those opportunities where you can just sit there and veg, Take an opportunity to engage with them, take them outside, go do something else, go go do an activity together to keep them away from that. So it was important to us, number one, to make sure that they didn't have idle time, like the idle minds, like not that they were not that they were so busy. I'm sorry, not that they were so like overwhelmed, but busy, busy in healthy ways where you could steer, you know, instead of like, you know, I I, I could just kind of like, hey, what you you want to do this game or this game? Not like no more PlayStations, more like. Hey, which one, which of these two activities do you want to do? Give them a choice, make a part of them, they go do it. And so that was important to us. The other side of screens, though, was we we decided that also that uh, we had a lot of friends that said, no screens till you're 15, you know, and like there were like, all these, you know, and then the kids all have burner phones. Like I have friends whose kids are 12 that have full Instagram accounts. They have their, their main account. They have their fake account. They have their double fake account. And I'm like, and my, my daughter's talking about, I'm like, Really? She's like, yeah. And then they're, and these like young kids doing this. I'm like, whoa, we decided that yes, I'd rather have them learn technology and learn that while they're in the home, then avoid it, make mistakes in the home, learn how to, because like it or not, our kids are going to grow up in a digital world. Yes. And I had a really and close yeah, friend. That's I had a really close friend whose, whose son went to college, got his first cell phone and just fell deep, heavy into bad stuff. And it was like the worst. We are such good kids too, but they just like, they all of a sudden they're given this whole new thing and they don't know how, and they don't know how to make mistakes or to have trials or when they turn 18, then all there's no more rules and then they go crazy. And they and they just and they there's that's I think it's too much 
can't Street. handle it. Because they're, they're not really adults yet. In the, I mean, yeah. the brains aren't really developed yet, but you know, they're, they're but old enough. Protective parents where nothing was allowed, and then at eighteen they could have anything they want. It was not great. And we and we and we actually sadly we saw that happen several times with really close friends. I was like, "Whoa!" I mean, that could yeah. be. And so we decided not like, "Hey, do whatever you want," but we had again expectations. Hey, we're gonna have checks every once in a while. Say, hey, bring your phone. Let's, let's, let's check that. Hey, I want to. I want to I see what's in your what's 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 in your what's in your role. I want to see what's going on. You know, and so it, it not like surprises. Like, hey, you know, what are you working on? And I never installed like tracking software. I never did that because I told him, "Say, look." You're going to have a phone the rest of your life. You're going to, I mean, it's probably not going to be phones back then. You're going to laugh at us for saying phones, but you're going to be something connecting digital, some kind of thing. I'd rather you guys learn about it now. I said, now, if you ever have, feel uncomfortable, something happens on your phone and it makes you feel weird, come talk to me. I said, that's our rule. Our rule is if there's something that happens, you know, I said, because, because I mean, just the fact they're on social media or if they're wherever, I said, you're going to see things that you, that are going to make you feel kind of icky. You're going to be things that are, they're going to like, you know, why, why did they make me feel that way? I said, I want you to always talk to me about that. So our sons did that, you know, several times, like, Hey, this thing popped up about this targeting me for this, whatever sign. I was like, percent of the time that is going to happen. Yeah. A hundred percent of the kids okay. are going to be exposed to some sort of pornography, some sort of thing. And it's unavoidable in every child. And so we want to have an opening for them to say, okay, this happened. It's okay. And I want to talk to you about it. And how, and, and so we had it happen with all our kids and they, and they would talk to us about it. I was like, you know, I'm so glad you, you showed me that. Um, I'm glad you clicked out of that. I'm glad here. Here's a bit. What, 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 what can you do instead of that part? What were you doing to let up to that? Again, learn from how it happened. And it was a great time to really navigate that because like, like one time Mason made a comment on somebody's Facebook post. He was like 15 or 14. I was like, dude, that wasn't right to post on his page. That, that that's going to be tied back to you forever. So we went, he deleted oh, yeah. it and he apologized to him and said, Hey, I want to, and I said, Hey, you just got to understand that things you do online. I said, when I was a kid, we did things and we just, we just tell legends and tell stories about it with my friends. And every time it's, it's a funnier story every time you actually have a record of everything you do right now. So yeah. you need to be mindful. So teaching them how to navigate in a digital world, make mistakes while they're at home, while the mistakes are small and the consequences are small yeah. because they make mistakes all later on in life with digital things. The, the, the consequences could be much bigger. So that was our take on it. No, I love it. I think that is absolutely phenomenal. And I, I'm i I'm with you. In our house, we talk a lot about self-governing. Now, I think it's a big difference between like a five-year-old and a, even yeah. a six and seven, eight-year-old. Yeah. Um, and as the kids are getting older, but we, right now with the ages that we have, you know, our nine-year-old, you know, she doesn't, she has limited access to uh, things. And, and then, but my older kids, as they're getting older, you know, it's all about being self-governed and them having access. And like you said, if they're going to fall flat on their face, hopefully they do it inside of our home so we can be there to catch them and help them and show them and teach them and train them. And I love that y'all have done that. Um, so, but I want to, whenever you're talking to me about all these different things that you did, both of you, I I'm picturing and imagining someone who might be listening that is like, Oh my gosh, how do you have energy to do that, to think about that. Because Matt, I know you, I know, I know you and Jen, and I know Jen was working her rear off and we've talked a lot about that, but I know you were working your rear end off too. And so I'm thinking about, you know, all of this intentionality and all this effort that you put into your children, right? I, I believe there is kind of passive parenting. I, I know some passive parents and God bless them. I know they've been through a lot of different things and they're doing what they think is best. And um, sometimes they're just not thinking about it at all. But in your story, what I keep hearing is you showing up over and over again. And I know that you guys are busy. So, you know, what kind of encouragement or or anything would you say to that? Maybe the entrepreneur that's listening or just the mom or the dad that's listening. And it's like, hey, Matt, Jen, 
that might've worked for you guys. But at the end of my day, I'm, I'm exhausted. I got nothing. I feel like I left it all on the table just to provide money for my family. Um, I don't know how to pull anything else out to give to my kids. What, what would you, what would you say to those people? Well, there's always Shark Tank. You can sit there on the bed, just watch as together as a family. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. You can at least watch something together, right? That's low energy. We watch a lot of Shark Tank together yeah. to unwind sometimes. Like, hey, that kind of got How much equity will get? I don't know, but he's not going to go for that. Wait, he went for it. Okay, they're going to two sharks on this one. Like, <laughs> I um, love that so much. That is very real and very practical. Like, very real and very, very practical. When your tank is empty, yeah, for sure. Our American Idol. <laughs> so yep. I, I think we all need to take breaks and it, it's not we're not always go 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 so i i think if you can involve them with something find things that are interesting to them and to you at the same time that like, you know because because you know it's like oh i'm gonna go watch it's like if i got home and i'm tired i'm gonna watch football like you know it's like you know i, I can see that as being something you want to do but again you, you sacrifice some things you do want to do knowing that the payoff is going to be so much greater for your you know kids someday you know and you'll do things together if you're going to watch a game watch a game together if you're going to do things you know, do it, just do it together. Cause I mean, it is all about time. It's about time spent. A lot of um, basketball games being watched in our household. Yeah. Sure. You know, they were, they love that. <laughs> they hate me. I stopped and rewinded to show them like, Oh, oh do you see, you, like, see this play right here? I'm like, Amazing. dad, just stop pushing pause. Like my kids hate, <laughs> my kids hate the pause button. Now we'll do things in their house. Like there's okay. no, we don't pause. That will pause to laugh. We'll okay, pause. I don't miss the next joke. I don't want to miss the next joke. I'm like, <laughs> he doesn't want to miss anything. So it takes us like two hours to watch an hour program. That is oh my gosh. I love hey, that. So watching film. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make playlists and pause. I gotta, I, you know, it's like, it's, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love that. It's just dig, digging deep and finding just, you know, even, even one moment, even one, just 1% changes, like one, just tiny little changes over time have such an impact. Um, and the, the reverse is that small uh, changes where you don't show up or do things have a quicker impact than the positive side. So these can go sour quicker than they can go better. So you just got to just stick it out and you got to just, uh, I don't know, just, just find the time. That's, that's all I can. And I, we were in no ways perfect. No, parents. no, no. Like, I don't want him to think that. No, please. You're amazing. We made we, mistakes, but with that oldest child, the poor thing, because he was we never know. Pigs, so we never like know. trying things out. <laughs> like with making him take that job, we realized after that, no, he does so many things he he works hard he doesn't need to go do manual labor to prove to yeah. us that he can work or like doing something like, you're grounded for a week i'm like a week wait what and like yeah well you said a week you know my dad would have said sorry somebody i'm like okay let's talk about this well, yeah. you know just kind of figuring out like you know yeah and i, I remember we always say like hey that's your dad that's your dad okay let's like okay we, we need we need to you know um but but being in, being able to admit that when, when i'm wrong too and talking to my kids like hey you know what i you know i, I snap judgment on that or hey i, I need jerked on that and i, and I kind of made a reaction that. faster you don't have to hold strict to what you just said like, I, if it was wrong you can go back and just apologize and be like you know what i was wrong because they know for sure that i'm not perfect and they know that i'm if i'm at, at, at fault i talk to them about it and I'll, I'll take blame for it i mean put away your pride because that's something you could do on a daily basis just yeah. tuck away your own pride and say, hey, look, I, I didn't do that right, but hey, I'll show up now. Or hey, let's fix it. Or hey, you know, it's not too late. You know, let's learn from this and, and, and make it better. So, well, I, and, I, and, I, and I think it's also too very much so about being perfectly imperfect, mm-hmm. right? Like being okay with the fact that we know that we're not perfect. We are human. We do screw up, but we need the grace. Heart, you know, the heart is there. We need grace. And the heart is there for us to uh, show our kids that, hey, mom and dad can be wrong, but here's, we'll come back around to it. And that teaches them, that trains them. Right. And I think the biggest thing too, is that it's not really about being a perfect parent. And the reason for this podcast is it's about being a powerful parent. 
And even in the small 1% changes that you make, you can show up and you can be a powerful parent that creates connection, that helps build relationship and uh, starts to instill confidence that they belong somewhere, which is where whenever your child feels connected, it changes things. It changes things physiologically in their brain, in their hearts, in their minds. Um, And I think that's one of the most powerful things we can do. And I think that you both have, you created a world and a home and a family for your children to belong in. And they still belong, you know, they still obviously feel like they belong in this family. You had anchors that you set throughout your, you know, your days and things that you did and and you showed up intentionally. And I just, you know, hats off, bravo. Um, I know that's not why y'all came on this podcast, but I just have to express that because um, there's just a lot of kids out there nowadays who don't feel like they have a place to belong and they feel very disconnected from their family and they're desperately seeking connection. And a lot of times that comes through screens. It comes through bad influences. And, you know, we need more parents to say, hey, you know what, today I'm going to do 1% different to show up powerfully. And one real quick thing to go with that. I think as parents, if you can find what your child is naturally good at, if they're each one's so different. Like I know all of our yeah. kids did similar sports, but each one has their own forte and they need to have that to latch on to, to build that confidence and self-esteem. So whether it's the violin or although Addie did take violin lessons, but her brothers were not nice to her when she was practicing because it sounded ter- like, so they were not nice. So that's dropped, but to find what they can do naturally like gifted at, I think that's so key. Cause I had a twin sister who was really good at school and all the book stuff. And and I was not. And so, but I was able to find my own strength. So you have to kind of look at what, what your child, what they'd like to do, and then just make that happen. Like Mm. foster. foster I I love that, Jen. And I love the fact that I love it. And I don't like it at the same time, but like, as far as I know, none of your children are like focused on becoming an artist. And so at some point you gave them the, the room and the space So like, okay, this is mom's thing. It does not have to be your thing. You do not have to follow my footsteps. And it goes as a testimony to what you just said. Like you look to see what are their God-given talents? What are their natural bends? And and then seeing that and saying, look at this, what are we going to do with this awesome thing that we just found together? Right? Exactly. Amazing. That's amazing. Well, you guys are just such an absolute blessing in my life. I know that you're a blessing in your children's lives. And I just, I'm so thankful y'all came on because and I'm telling you, there's probably like at least two or three more hours of conversation we could have that would just be so incredible. But I know we're right about at, um, well, we're over 45 minutes, but I, I just am just so grateful for how you guys have chosen to show up powerfully for your parents, because uh, for your kids, because it's not of course, obviously it it is affecting the most important thing, your family. You effectively are showing up how you wanted to be parented ultimately. And you're, you're being that mother and you're being that father that you want to be in your life and you're supporting each other. And I think that that's beautiful and it's powerful for your family, but it's powerful for other people to see. And uh, it's not always comfortable to like put your family out there and say, here's where we are. Here's what's going on. Cause I know you two so much. You're so humble. And I know you're not coming on here to be like, Oh, look at us. We're the perfect parents. Um, But you're coming on to say, this is our journey. And this is what's worked for us. These are the things that we prioritized and, and you've got fruit from that. And I think that that is an incredible and a beautiful thing. And I can't thank you enough for being here on the podcast. And um, for anybody who's listening that wants to learn more about Let's Dabble Art or uh, anything about you guys, where would they go? Where do they go to find out more about you and what you're doing? So Jen's Art is my gallery site with uh, all my 
my art, my own personal art. And then letsdabble.com is the online, the webinar that you can watch and find out more about what the class are all about. And, and then uh, all that fun yeah, stuff. Yeah. Those, so yeah, yeah Jen's art and let's dabble. Those are our two. I love it. <laughs> is there, is there any last words or, or any little bits of wisdom that you would want to encourage any other parents out there with? You know, it's, we, we all, we all just have to have faith that what you're doing is really impacting those kids in some way. You might not be able to see it every day, but mm-hmm. if I could leave one thing, it's a, your kids watch you and they never underestimate how much a child wants to please you because mm-hmm. they really will. That's it's, it's, it's God given in, in every, in every child's soul that they want to be loved and accepted by their parents and they want to please you. And so um, don't ever underestimate how much a child loves you and, and looks up to you because you are a role model, like it or not. And uh, what you do really impacts uh, those, those children. It is mm. down to time. Spend the time, spend time. Um, spend the time because it's so worth it, right? It is so, so worth it. All right, guys. Thank you so much. That Thanks, is Ebony. so powerful. Thank you. Bye-bye. I truly hope you enjoyed our episode today on the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. Make sure to hit follow and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You're not going to want to miss a thing. I promise. If you were impacted by this episode, do me a favor and leave a review with a comment. I read every one of them and I also pass them along to our guests. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links at powerfulparenting.com forward slash podcast. If you want to see more behind the scenes with me and my guests, be sure to find me on Instagram or Facebook. It's where we can have deeper conversations on these podcasts. Take care. And remember, it's not about being a perfect parent. It's about taking each day and working on showing up powerfully for our kids. They deserve it. And you are the parent for the job. See you on the next episode.